We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at the Blue Wire Network. Week 18 is in the books. We are approaching super, super wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend is coming up. You know, six playoff games in the span of three days. How could you want more than that? You can't. Today, joined by the one and only Dan Senio for a Thursday morning recording. That's right. Early Thursday. Uh... My phone is on the fritz, missed all of the other times and places and days that we could have possibly done it. So here we are doing it for the people, all 11 of you that want us here recording. Uh, and yeah, it's it's the season's over. I don't know what makes it so super of a wild card weekend. Maybe it's just that one it's extra it, game. No, two extra games. It went from four games to six games because of the seven seed. Oh, Okay. Well, yeah, that's super, man. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. There's a lot of really good games, a lot of of interesting, you know, topics and storylines. The quarterback stuff across the board is is, I mean, crazy at this point. And yeah, I think we're in for some good games and and hopefully uh, maybe a couple of upsets here and there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about upsets and good games this week. I feel like there's going to be the, the two seven games are going to be catastrophes. Um, you know, some ba- very bad quarterback play coming in with uh, the Dolphins quarterbacks and uh, the Ravens quarterback. It's going to be an absolute mess with some quarterback play, but we'll start off with one. Probably. I think that the player that stands to gain or lose the most in this playoff atmosphere. And we can talk about that more broadly in a little bit, but more specifically is Brock Purdy. Um, Brock Purdy is playing on what is probably the best team in the NFL. Yes, the Eagles have the one seed, but it, uh, I believe the Niners have won 10 straight. Like they they're just have been unstoppable, even despite losing Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, and Trey Lance, of course, early in the season. So Brock Purdy, the, the question will end up being how much do hashtag QB wins impact dynasty value? And the other question is that 
it's actually more so, more so about not Purdy's dynasty value being impacted, but like the the more Purdy wins, whether it's by his own or the fact that he's on the best team in the NFL, how much is that going to impact his ability to be the week one starter for the Niners when he's potentially competing with Garoppolo, who's a free agent, or of course Trey Lance, who's the hashtag future. Well, that's going to be the. I mean, that's going to be the headline from everyone that isn't in the 49ers it you know building is well look at the team they built around him look at the team they built around him anybody could win they they got to go back to Trey Lance they'll never lose again that's that's when it be what everybody says and if anybody actually watches Brock Purdy I mean is he Tom Brady no that's that's not what you need to be on this team I've said it a million times Jimmy Garoppolo is the ideal type of person for a team like this obviously you'd love to have an, an absolutely you know, Superman type quarterback, but you don't need to. You can you can fill all of the rest of this roster with as much talent as they have, and they've done it the right way. And then you put in a quarterback that, like Brock Purdy, you can go out and throw for 250 yards and a couple of touchdowns, keep everyone fed, and keep that offense churning. And they still have the running game to also put up probably another 14 to 21 points. So, I I think. It's going to get lost that he is still a solid quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to be in that, probably even in the top two or three tiers. I just think he is a game manager type, but he has the upside to go out and and have a a decent offensive game. I, I don't, I, and we what <laughs> this is one thing we haven't seen from Trey Lance at any point including his college career the guy played tw- has played 21 or started 21 games Nathan in his career he has thrown for over 200 yards five times and I'm talking about since 2000 what 19 when he had his 16 consecutive starts and he played one game in 2020 and then fell off Trey Lance is not any more of an offensive weapon aside from his legs than Brock Purdy is I would rather have Brock Purdy in the pocket than Trey Lance scrambling and getting injured. Yeah, I mean, I think that more likely than not, the Niners do start the season with both Purdy and Lance on the roster. Whether, and I think that honestly, the I mean, some of it may depend on, on Brock Purdy's actual play in the playoffs, but I think outside of a Brock Purdy Super Bowl victory with the, the Niners, like if, if he like makes it to the NFC Championship game and loses... I still think they're going to at least give Trey Lance a shot. Um, I think that obviously if he wins the Super Bowl, it's going to be very hard pressed to be like, all right, this guy just won us a Super Bowl. Let's put him on the bench behind a guy who has done absolutely nothing. Um, so you and I differ a little bit there that I think that Trey Lance has a legitimate shot, you know, up until the point that Purdy wins the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I do think that he does have a chance to, you know, skyrocket up dynasty rankings. Like obviously he's never going to be like the the Josh Allen or the Trevor Lawrence, like that level of of quarterback but he can certainly be like a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins like like he could work his way up into being like a high-end QB2 um I don't know where he'll be at statistically with that but you know he's theoretically if he wins that starting job long term he's in the Kyle Shanahan offense he has you know the pieces around him Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk so I, I think that his variance is very high right now um and that I'm honestly leaning towards the, the higher end of that spectrum because I think that the Niners like are probably like one or two on my list of teams I would bet on to win the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, for sure. And honestly, kind of no matter who's starting, that team is too good for a quarterback not to succeed unless they're genuinely bad. And I think Trey Lance is closer to being genuinely bad than he is to being actually good. However, if they can figure out, A, how to keep on the field, which is probably going to minimize his upside by keeping him in the pocket, not having him getting out and running everywhere. Then I think you just kind of have the same player, but because he was drafted so highly, he regains all of that dynasty value. Brock Purdy is never going to get the dynasty value that Trey Lance had, even if they name him the starter. It's just not going to be how it is because he doesn't have the same upside. So I, I, I still think, I would prefer even, I mean, in a one-to-one race right now, Nathan, I think I'm still taking Brock Purdy in in Dynasty right now only because I think he does lead this team to the NFC Championship. And I don't know how how you just run away from that as as in the 49ers front office. So, you know, do they keep Trey Lance? More than likely, because that's a lot of sunken cost and you still really haven't seen him. But... All you have to go off of is potential. There's there's nothing he's done that has proven that he really belongs here. You could, however, Nathan, and this this would be my idea for Kyle Shanahan, you could send him to the position that he was recruited at in FBS instead of where he landed in FCS and have him play safety. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on from that nonsense to the young quarterback battle. Obviously not a huge... Like, the dynasty values of these two players are not going to swing based on this game, but it is one of those things that perception and, and market value could change based on one big game for one or the other. We have the young quarterback battle in Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert. I guess start, start off with who do you prefer between these two guys now? Cause I feel like the, the gap between the two are closing, if not has changed. Um, and do you think that this weekend has any impact between the debate between the two? I think it has flipped, uh, but I also think that depending on the outcome, it could flip back. I, I think I think a lot of people are still lagging on Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they've they've caught up to actually how good he's been and the fact that he's still only 23 and you know same age as Justin Fields. And these are the, a couple of the youngest starting quarterbacks in the league. And you just see Trevor Lawrence lead this team to the postseason with kind of a hodgepodge of of wide receivers that did they overperform what we expected or is Trevor Lawrence throwing them open or maybe they're just better than we thought they were but this this team is is going to be something now with Trevor Lawrence at the helm for a while so same thing with with Joe Burrow sure he's got elite talent surrounding him but the fact that Trevor Lawrence has been doing this with I mean middle of the road talent at best, outside of Travis Etienne, who I think is is on his way to being one of the better backs in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a lot to to hang his hat on. He he's good with I these mean, guys. Kirk, Kirk, has been, Kirk, Kirk has been very good. Zay, he, Zay Jones has been like much better than obviously you thought Zay Jones would be three years ago. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, are these guys standing on their heads and just way out playing what they should be doing? Is Trevor Lawrence getting them open, throwing them open? Our defense is not respecting these guys still. Uh, I think that changes in the playoffs, but uh, I think if we see Justin Herbert get this playoff win and we see a dominant performance, I, I to be honest with you, I think that if Trevor Lawrence wins the game, I think we could see him continue to move up these rankings 
Uh, I think he's right on the fringe of that top five at this point. And I think if we see Herbert lose another playoff game, he could slide behind him. Or we see... Well, not not another playoff game. Justin Herbert's never played in a playoff game before. That That's a, a sneaky... Oh, that's that, right. He didn't play last year. I forget about that. Because they, they lost to the Raiders in the game they should have tied each other. Right, right. Crazy. So, I, well, that was a playoff game, essentially, right? Yes. Um. So, yeah, I... I I think we're going to see Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, uh, these guys all kind of be bundled together. Uh, And then you'll have like the Jalen Hurts and the Justin Fields in in that grouping with them. Um, And then Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes up top. And and beyond that, I mean, it's it's still it's a really fun group. The oldest guy there is Patrick Mahomes at 27. So this this elite top end of quarterbacks is is just continuing to get better. And and I'm excited for it. So I do think we see Trevor Lawrence cement his spot in that tier two and you know justin herbert either makes a push towards that top tier or he just kind of falls back to the middle of the pack in tier two well i my my debate here between these two guys i i do prefer lawrence as a quarterback um but i also think that herbert has a much higher floor like the the bad lawrence days obviously you know he's still early in his career and, and young quarterbacks are gonna have bad days but bad Lawrence days are like reminiscent of like bad Kirk Cousins days. And so I think that Herbert is much more likely to have that weekly four. He, he, was, he was basically playing with a medical tent for his entire season with, with uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen uh, taking turns missing games. And he was still basically a low-end QB1 almost every week. So, um, yeah, I, I think that if you're shooting for upside, you're going for Lawrence. And and similarly, in the, in this playoffs, like this Jags team is interesting enough and good enough that they could potentially win a couple of playoff games. I think that if if the Chargers win this game, they're going to get buzzsawed by either the Chiefs or the Bills. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I, I think going back to your point about Trevor Lawrence still being obviously young, got to remember, guys, this has been two head coaches in two seasons. We get we have the Urban Meyer mess, and now we have what seems to be the Doug Peterson greatness. So getting one season under your belt in the Doug Peterson offense is is huge. And I think he makes a huge step next year. I mean, he made a big step this year. Don't get me wrong. We still saw flashes last year, but that team was in such disarray that there was nothing good that was going to come of it. This year, obviously, he's been very impressive. He's not turning the ball over at a high rate like he was as a rookie, which we kind of expect rookies to do. But a, a, a year in the Peterson offense is huge. So I think I think the 2023 season... We we are going to see Trevor Lawrence cement himself in in that top tier. Uh, I mean, he's getting Calvin Ridley. I would assume that they'll probably go out and try to add one more decent pass catcher. Uh, we'll see what happens with Evan Ingram at tight end. And I mean, this offense could be very very good for years to come. And the defense obviously has been built up from from scraps, and they're starting to to play a little bit better and and kind of. Um, and get that all that whole thing figured out. So this could be a really, really strong team, and and Trevor Lawrence at the helm is is due for some dynasty gains. All right, before we get into the second half of the show, we're going to talk about Roto Viz. That's right, the dynasty offseason is just beginning. Season may be over for your fantasy team, but it's not over for your Roto Viz subscription. You have nine more days to use this promo code. Now, don't worry, don't worry. You have nine more days to use this promo code, but but. 
the promo code is just changing by one one number <laughs> on January 21st. So between now and January 21st, if you want 10% off, 10% off for yourself, for your cousin, for your uncle, 10% off Rotoviz, you go RV Radio 2022. Now, when we get to January 21st and you're like, oh man, I missed out on RV Radio 2022, don't worry. Don't worry. On January 21st, you can put in RV Radio 2023 for your 10% discount code. So Dan, what do you think? Are you going to be using RV Radio 2022 now or are you going to wait for 2023 in the 21st? Uh, I'm going to combine them and type in RV Radio 4045. Okay, I, I don't know if that that will work. Um, I'm going to try it. I want both. <laughs> All right, so make sure you get your Rotoviz on. Awesome Articles, of course, supports the podcast. RV Radio 2022 if you're subscribing today, which you should. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's go to another player that I think has some, some variants, but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that he has the team or or the talent himself to, to make a run and increase his dynasty value is Daniel Jones. Um, I think the Giants Vikings are one of the more intriguing games, the more one of the more even playing field games of this of this uh, wild super wild card weekend, um, where I think that Vikings or Giants could definitely win this game. Um, is Daniel Jones in like a Joe Flacco type position to if he goes on a run, he becomes you know a top ten dynasty quarterback. He becomes the franchise quarterback of the Giants with a five six year deal. What what is your range of outcomes for Daniel Jones this postseason? Well, um, so before I answer your question, I'm going to phrase a question. You can answer it, and then I'll go on. 
is this the best Daniel Jones we've seen? Don't answer it yet. Answer unless you want to. It could be a simple yes or no, or it can be a long drawn out one because I have a long drawn out one. Uh, anyways, yes, this postseason has the potential to get Daniel Jones that contract. And I think if, if for only the potential for it to be cheap, if he can prove that they can win playoff games and win important games under Brian Dabble, there's a chance that this happens. Now, at the end of the day, it's going to be probably the coach and the GM deciding whether or not Daniel Jones is that guy. We know he's not that guy, but can he win a playoff game or two? That's the question. Because... Uh, in in a vacuum, I would say absolutely not considering the potential free agent quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that are going to be available. You've got Hall of Famers that are going to be available, ready to win, looking for a team just like the Giants, who outside of maybe missing some offensive weapons, uh, you know, you have Saquon, but with uh, besides that, you, you really don't have a lot. So this team is a quarterback away, a, a wide receiver group away. The defense is there, but uh, you really only have Saquon to to hang your hat on at this stage. And I think one of the reasons we're even having this conversation about Daniel Jones was what seems like his complete change in the way that he plays and getting out and using his legs. He had 700 yards rushing this year, Nathan. Where the hell did that come from? We knew he could run, but we only knew he could run and then stumble and fall at like the fifteen. We've, ne- we've never seen him do this. This was impressive. So 700 yards, seven touchdowns. This is the guy they need him to be. Not rookie season, who I think was the better passer, Daniel Jones. I still don't think he's a good passer, but I think he was better as a rookie than he's been this year, making more aggressive throws. Obviously, having better receivers helped, but... I, I don't really think he's made any progress as a thrower. Uh, if anything, he's gotten worse, which was probably thanks to who was coaching him, who he was playing with for the last three, two or three seasons. Um, this year, they make a step forward. He still doesn't really have any real targets outside of Saquon. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Wandale Robinson if he, if he continues to grow. Uh, I still think he uh, is good and, and has a chance to be a nice like NFL wide receiver two, wide receiver three. But they need an alpha wide receiver. Um, is there going to be one available? Maybe. So now we go back. Do you think this is the best Daniel Jones we have seen? Uh, and if yes, if no, why? I I think that this is and this is where like hashtag QB wins kind of comes into play. Um, but I think this is the best NFL quarterback that we've seen from Daniel Jones. I don't think this is the best fantasy quarterback we've seen from Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I I I wish I had written down who said this, but someone on Twitter compared. Daniel Jones 2022 and like his like quote unquote resurgence via the conservative play uh, to Jameis Winston, and the Sean Payton offense. Jameis Winston went from a 30, 30 quarterback to when he had Sean Payton, obviously it was a smaller sample size, like four or five games before he got hurt, but he went to much more conservative. So his efficiency went down, but also turnovers went down. Daniel Jones efficiency went down, turnovers went down. uh, And therefore he, one more football games because, you know, turnovers tend to lean more towards, you know, win-loss victories. Um, 
But I think that the, the biggest thing in terms of Daniel Jones, Superflex, nice value. The biggest thing with Superflex is you want job security. And I think that Daniel Jones obviously has done enough to, to get a two-year contract. Everyone's been saying multi-year deals for, for Saquon Barkley and multi-year deals for, for Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones wins one playoff game, like he like the, the amount of playoff games that he wins is going to increase his contract. Like if, he, <laughs> if, if he beats the Vikings, he might get a three-year contract. If he beats the, the Vikings and the um, Niners, then he's going to get like a four-year contract. Like, you know, the more wins he gets, the more longevity he's going to get them like, on that contract. So I think that the biggest part of his dynasty value that's going to that's increase is just his longevity and his job security if he's winning football games. If they if he beats the Vikings and the Niners, they need to build him a statue out front. <laughs> um, actually, he wouldn't play the Niners. If if he wins, he would. All right, yes. If he wins, he would play the Eagles. Um, but still, Niners, Eagles, same difference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let, let, now let's go. Let's let's finish off the show with a little bit of, of broad talk um, and not not the female kind. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna broadly talk about. How much are you overreacting? How much are you underreacting to big performances? We talked before the show, we were talking about Cam Akers, who actually has both scales of this. And the 2020 post 2020 postseason occurred in 2021. Um, he had a huge postseason, and that resulted in him increased value for that offseason. And then this past offseason, he had uh, a decrease in value because he nearly blew the game against the, against the Buccaneers, didn't really do much in the Rams' uh, Super Bowl run. Yeah, and... You know, whether these were overreactions to in relation to his dynasty value or underreactions or whatever, uh, I think it is important to have a reaction. You know, Leo, Leo Pasiga, who to me is is one of the dynasty goats, um, say what you will, but the, his his strategy and, and the things he's written for me were always the most helpful when, when I needed the help, when I needed the assistance, when I was just looking for something to get that edge. Leo is... I think one of the best and his deal always was whether you overreact or underreact, you need to react. You can't just put news by the wayside. You have to try to do your best to analyze and figure it out. So when it came to Cam Akers, uh, after a couple of good games, I, I feel like everybody reacted positively to it, obviously, but I think it became an overreaction because we saw his dynasty value skyrocket following those games which is good and bad. You got free dynasty value based on a couple of playoff games, thanks to the community and, you know, kind of freaking out about it. And then, you know, injuries occurred, the whole deal. But now the last playoff run, the opposite happened. Sure, he was just coming off of an injury. Definitely wasn't the same guy. And even this year, we've seen some improvement from Cam Akers uh, you know, obviously being more than a year removed from from said injury. Yeah, no, he, he he has very much benefited from the longer he's been removed from the from the major Achilles injury, the better he's been. So, like, I mean, if if the Rams like obviously he had the huge game, I believe it was week sixteen. But like, if the Rams were in the playoffs, like he would be like a storyline for like oh one of the best running backs you know in the playoffs. He's getting hot at the right time, things like that. So when we look up and down the landscape of players that are going to play, players that we would either expect to play good, play bad, play otherwise. Is there anyone or are there a few players here, Nathan, that you think maybe aren't getting the respect that they deserve and could take a huge leap depending on their playoff performance if their team wins a couple of games and if it happens to be 
on their backs. I think the one I would start with would be Travis Etienne. Sure, he's got a bunch of value. He's moved up a lot of boards, but I still don't think he's up in that Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Jonathan Taylor type conversation. And he had a better year than Kenneth Walker. And technically, this was both of their rookie years. Now, from the touchdown standpoint, Walker was a little bit better. But Travis Etienne, I think, showed more uh, this year than than Kenneth Walker has. But one of the, you know, we we saw a big surge from Kenneth Walker, which I think pushed his dynasty value up. Um, are you thinking Travis Etienne could gain a lot from this postseason, or are you looking elsewhere to try to find somebody that, I, that has a lot to gain? I think that when you're looking for playoff risers, you you can't be as high up in value as Travis Etienne. Like the, the guys that are studs are, you know, and I think that Etienne has, has played himself into like the stud label that it's hard to gain value there. There's three guys that I would look at, and, and one of them might you might be saying it, it would be falling under the stud label. But the three guys, three wide receivers that I think could gain value during this postseason. Number one is Brandon Ayuk of the Niners. Like I said, we are expecting the Niners to make a playoff run to at least the NFC Championship game. And he's still very much seen as the second fiddle. Uh, Matt Harmon, obviously huge wide receiver guy, is a huge Brandon Ayuk guy. And so this is you know, probably his like biggest opportunity to show what he has at the next level. Debo Samuel, obviously, I, I believe he played last week, but, you know, still, you know, not 100% healthy. Christian Kirk, I mentioned, obviously had, had a huge, um, you know, first year with the Jaguars. And then the sneaky one, the one that is probably like, you know, round 13, round 14 startup guy that might sneak his way into like a, you know, a later like eighth, eighth ninth round is KJ Osborne. Um, if the Vikings make a run, it KJ Osborne is in a position that he's the wide receiver two in that offense, and they're going to have to throw to to win in the playoffs against the Eagles and the, nine, the Niners. So that those are the three guys I'm looking at as wide receivers that I think could gain value. Etienne's a good choice, but I just not I'm not sure like he might be at his theoretical ceiling for now. Obviously, his ceiling is being the RB one overall, but he's not going to become the RB one overall tomorrow. Sure, and and I wouldn't expect that that crazy of a leap to like leapfrog everybody, but at least getting up to because I mean yes he he's RB like five six seven whatever he is in in dynasty ADP, but he's outside the first round, which is probably fair. However, you've got some of the older guys up in front of him like Stefan Diggs, uh, you know what whatever there there's there's guys in front of him that probably shouldn't be in front of him, um. And you and I both kind of work the same way where we're almost always taking wide receiver over running back in that first round. So um, that's an interesting one. It's I love the fact that you brought up K.J. Osborne. It's somebody I talk about somewhat consistently anytime we bring up the Vikings. I think he is on his way to taking over Adam Thielen's role here as as the number two, whether he plays in the slot and works across from T.J. Hawkinson or they get him outside. I think he has the ability to do both. Uh, he, he was very overlooked basically all year. And I mean, he lived in the open field. If you watch back any highlights of Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne is always open. It's truly impressive. Uh, that that's a really, really fun one. I, I love that. And I, I think if we were going to kind of slide down and look at some guys that have an opportunity to gain a lot here. I could see something like Sky Moore showing up for a game or two and hey, that's that's the guy that they drafted. Hey, that's the guy that, you know, they took way too high, but looks like they're using him. 
someone like that, I think it's going to be a little bit more obscure than than a guy that we've seen being used consistently, like a KJ Osborne. I, I agree on the Travis Etienne take. I just do think he has potential to move up. So it, it, to me, it could be one of these obscure, like first round, second round, third round type wide receivers or running backs that that just haven't really done anything. And then all of a sudden, boom, playoff time, there they are. They've been holding them back. They've been keeping the Ferrari in the garage all season. And then they're going to cut them loose in the playoffs because that would make sense. <laughs> so uh, I think we can see something like that. And one of these guys explode, even like a Rashad White. Uh, he he could he could fully take over a game for Tampa if they make a run, which it's looking more and more like they might. So those those could be interesting ones in my opinion. All righty, that should wrap us up for some playoff super wild card weekend talk. Hope you enjoyed the quick but short episode. Uh, quick but short doesn't even make sense. It's true. Um, uh, but we will see you guys after super wild card weekend. Any last words, Dan? No, enjoy the playoffs, and we uh, we will see you guys next week. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.